everyone, and welcome to the inaugural edition of Hockey Tonk Backstage. Justin Bradford, along with Lucy. Lucy, how you doing? I'm good. What about you? Doing all right. Just we, we delayed the first recording because of severe weather, because of course, Tennessee, that's just how it is in and the winter time. never know what's going to happen. <laughs> never know what's going to happen. And you live a little out in the sticks, you said. So want to make sure you had power, right? Yeah, for sure. When um, the bad weather rolls on through, it, we never know if we're going to have electricity for a hot minute, you know, if it's going to go out or especially our internet goes down all the time. So I just wanted to make sure that that wasn't going to happen. And then, I mean, you never know now with the tornado that right. we had almost a year ago. So uh, after the game, we were a little bit nervous for that. So we just decided just to head on home. And I I'm think glad. now we're starting to take yeah. those tornado warnings seriously. Absolutely. Absolutely. As we get upon the anniversary of the, the big March tornadoes. So it's it's going to be weird because thinking that's been a whole year. Um, and then mm-hmm. all the stuff that, we, that we've been through, obviously, as a city uh, in Nashville and everything, too. But welcome, folks, to the, the first edition of this. This is Smashville Backstage. I'm Justin Bradford. So for those that may not know me, I'm the host and editor-in-chief of Penalty Box Radio, also in 102.5 of the game, and Locked on Predators, and wrote a book called The Making of Smashville. Uh, so that's the, the hockey side, the sports side, and then the other side, I'm the digital media director for the Nashville Symphony. So in terms of working in venue in the music industry, and Lucy, how about you tell folks a little bit about yourself too? So before quarantine, I was working in the music industry. Um, I was a merch manager and I was also a personal assistant. So I do that. That was my full-time job. And I also worked at the Ryman while I wasn't on the road. And um, I'm part of the energy team. And it's my fifth season. And that's a little bit about me. Yeah. So what we wanted to do with this podcast was do something a little different. Obviously, for those of you that follow for Predators content, I do a lot of analysis on almost every show that I'm on, and I wanted to really get away from that just to look at a different aspect of this, of behind-the-scenes stuff, whether it's on the media side or the music side, and with me being at the Skirmhorn Symphony Center and working in the music industry, and Lucy also having experience with the Ryman, as well as the energy team talking about behind-the-scenes there, and just in the touring industry with music, too. Figure It's Nashville. Why not do something like this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think we could get any more Nashville if we tried. <laughs> exactly At all. so a lot of people know about me so let's go ahead and start with with you lucy before we really dive into this just what first brought you to nashville and how long have you been in the city so i've been here it'll be six years in october um what kind of brought me to nashville was you know to work in the music industry like everybody else but to do a different aspect because god did not give me the gift to sing or to play an (laughs) instrument or to write a song. So um, going through college, I changed my major a couple of times and it just didn't feel right. And then one day I was just kind of like, wait, I have a huge, huge passion for country music. So why don't I try to pursue that? And I had no idea what I had to offer the industry because I can't sing. I can't write a song. Like I said, I can't play an instrument, Um, but I'm just going to, I just said, I'm going to take a leap of faith and do it. And I had no idea how my parents were going to respond to it. And my mom said, okay, let's go. So we all moved out here together. And um, like I said, we'll be out here six years in October. And it's so much more than I could have ever thought it would have been for me. So it's wild. It is. And where are you originally from now? California. So Southern California. California. So everyone was like, are you sure you're going to go out there? You sure you're going to be okay? (laughs) They're like, it's a lot like slow of a pace. And I'm like, well, you just create your own pace. And I remember um, probably this dream was probably, I think 10 years ago was when I first wanted to move here. And 
nobody wanted anything to do with Nashville. Like nobody wanted anything to do with country music. And it's so crazy to see how things have changed. You know, people that were making fun of me for wanting to move out here are now texting me and calling me like, hey, I'm coming out. And right. um, the people that didn't, didn't want anything to do with country music, they're, you know, asking me all these questions. And then of course, like always hitting you up for Preds tickets. And it's like, mm. Sorry, you need to buy them. They're, they're not yeah. free anymore. They're, <laughs> they're not. They're not. They're not. Free they're, not. They're, they're a hot commodity uh, when uh-huh. it comes to that. So, and it, it's it's interesting too because I've obviously been here since 1990. I'm I'm a little older. <laughs> <for those laughs> that aren't aware, been here since 1990. I'm a General Motors baby. So my dad worked for General Motors. He worked for the Saturn plant down in Spring Hill, and it was still the Saturn plant, not the GM plant. So I've been down here for a while, and I've seen the tremendous change in the city, and has have seen downtown Nashville, especially the Broadway area, go through this revitalization, especially with the building of Bridgestone Arena, which was then just the Nashville Arena and the Gaylord Entertainment Center and the Somay Center and all the different iterations of the arena, but saw what that did to downtown Nashville and how it revitalized the district because downtown Nashville wasn't a place that people went to and wanted to go to uh, 20 years ago. Yeah, so it, I heard. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't that the the place to be. Bridgestone Arena changed that and made it the place to go because when you had a concert or a hockey game or some other event that was downtown, you had all these restaurants now. So revitalization mm-hmm. now, as I'm sure you're aware too, Lucy, the, the fifth and broad building yeah. is, is opening up right now with all those eateries and it's a main hub. And now we just think of what, how downtown has changed so yes. drastically, whether you like it or not, it's, it's changed it's, dramatically. It's a good and bad thing. It's a good and bad thing. Well, even during like our last, um, game which was last March the, like after the tornado from that point to our first game back this season the city has completely changed right in every aspect I'm driving down and I'm like these buildings were not here I don't even right. recognize our skyline anymore it's changing all the time with the cranes we we, we joke about mm-hmm. it but it's true of people that are from cities that are more established in their growth they don't have skyscrapers popping up all over the place there's 45 50 story skyscrapers I have to say that because that's what they're being called, even though like, I'm like, come on, at least get to 70 <laughs> stories before you say skyscraper. But we're getting these high rises just popping up everywhere around the city. It's not even downtown anymore. We're seeing them on yeah. the other side of 40, getting more towards, um, gosh, all these different areas that are closer to Vanderbilt, even seeing some and going down Broadway and West End and Music Row, getting them as well. And all the way down to where the Capitol building is. I mean, it's crazy to see all the high rises then the other side of the river is going to get completely redeveloped too just north of the river i mean north of the stadium it's it's tremendous change we've all gone through and that's one of the things that it's interesting to see just in my dear god 30 years that i've been (laughs) (laughs) of what i've seen uh as well so one of the things that to help people get to know you as well too I, i know obviously that you're a sports fan and you've mm-hmm. been a sports for a long time. So just give a little background on just your sports history and your fandoms and everything too, especially from what you grew up with in California to kind of what it is now and how you're keeping up with everything. Oh gosh, it's so hard to keep up with everything now. But so basically my two teams since birth were Notre Dame football because of my dad and Lakers basketball because of my mom. So that just kind of made me the sports person that I am especially Lakers basketball because my my mom's family were friends with the Lakers and stuff so I think that's when I really just fell in love with sports and then I fell in love with baseball because of my cousin Matt 
but he was a Dodgers fan. But then now we are Angels fans. And so we always say like, yeah, we came to our senses and <laughs> are no longer wearing the Dodger blue. Um, but honestly, I really wasn't a hockey fan until probably 2012. That's when I believe we got Mike Fisher. Mm-hmm. So I had already, you know, we love country music. So um, I obviously love Carrie Underwood. And so we got Mike Fisher and I was like, oh, okay, awesome, cool. Like I'll try to keep up. But like back then apps weren't, as easy to keep up with as they are nowadays. So living in California, like the two hour time difference is pretty hard, but I did go to um, four games out there and three of them were against the Preds and one uh-huh. one was against um, Montreal. So I got to see the Preds play in California, which was really cool. And so um, at that point, my dad and I were going to angel games, like all the time. We would always try to go to one home game every um series and we were driving to an angels game one time and my dad was like well we're moving to nashville i'm like yes we are he was like well what are we going to do without baseball and i was like i have no idea i did not think about this this whole time oh no i know i was like i'm scared and like we just kind of looked at each other and then he was like well it's too late now the house is already up for sale and i was like okay well i guess we just have to become preds fans and then so a couple of days after we moved here was um, the home opener. And so we went and I, I had begged my dad for years to get angel season tickets, never did. And then after the first home game that we went to um, in Smashville, he was talking to a ticket rep to get season tickets. And I was like, who are you? That and he wanted to get season tickets. And we went to a couple games that season. And then the next season, um, that's when I got the offer to become part of the energy team. And then he, they've had season tickets ever since. So it's been for, pretty fun. Yeah. And I mean, it was a perfect time too, because that was kind of when yeah. the, the window was opening up and things were happening and moving along and people were starting to recognize Nashville as, Oh, mm-hmm. there, there's something special going on in Nashville and with hockey and it's really growing. And like you said, the Mike Fisher thing and the, how it, Carrie Underwood and Mike Fisher brought more national and international attention to the team Mm -hmm. and it's not to say that was the reason why but yeah i mean you saw a lot of fans pop up because they liked following those those careers and they were fans of them especially Mm -hmm. carrie underwood and people started paying attention to the team it's like well it's my favorite singer's husband of course i'm going to pay attention to it and so you saw plenty of international followers come to the team and then it just grew from there because they start maybe that's what started them out as a Mm -hmm. predators fan but then it stuck even after he retired and and even then on like oh i'm i'm still a fan i put all this years into it and of course i'm still a fan so (laughs) and money into all the gear and and stuff like that oh yeah everything so the energy team is something that has been around for a while with the natural predators what what is that process like as we get into the backstage kind of area Mm -hmm. too backstage in terms of like how you have to apply if there's an audition process because there's been plenty of people that have been curious about it because what i love about the energy team i'll say this before we get to your answer is that it really is a good it's a diverse group of of people yeah it is and and it's really cool between the the skaters and those that are dancing in the stands as well and and interact with the fans of the stands it's a good group of people if you can tell from different backgrounds as well Mm -hmm. and and that's what it's really cool to see. So what is that process like with, with that? So it definitely has changed. Um, it's not the same process that it was like 10 years ago. Um, when I first auditioned, tried out, interviewed, you could dance if you wanted to, 
um, well, for me, so the skaters obviously have to skate. You have to go through an interview process. Um, that year, we had to answer some questions as well as like just like hockey related questions. Like you got to be knowledgeable to some extent about right. the sport. Um, but I went through that. I got an interview, went through the questions and I'm not much of a dancer. Like I'm really shy. So I was like, I'm not going to dance. And then they're like, okay, that's fine. So as long as you like met all the other requirements and you knew some sort of like hockey knowledge, um, and they just kind of thought you were brand appropriate and will do well with the fans and stuff. Then they brought you on. And since I wasn't dancing, I guess I met all the requirements and here I am five seasons later. And so we go back and forth with dancing and not dancing it just right. kind of depends um they're just kind of trying to shift us to a different direction which is completely fine and i respect it a lot um just being more family friendly and stuff so especially this season is definitely a little different because yeah. of covid and stuff like that so just kind of becoming more of a street team i yeah. think in the future but i mean i'm really happy where we are especially the group of girls that we have they're all so amazing well, and, and what I've noticed too, it's especially at events because I think I saw you at Ford Ice Center. I think it was was it last year at the SEC turn yeah. the was going on. There was a, uh-huh. a Preds watch party upstairs. I'm like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. Hey, friends. But it's, but it's turning into like being brand ambassadors, mm-hmm. really. Be, and I mean, just like street team, right? It's being a brand yeah. ambassador to where it's like, yeah, you're you're out there, and sometimes you have to dance, and sometimes you have the palms. But it's more than just that because you're doing a lot of fan interaction uh, as well, especially greeting people and talking to people mm-hmm. and running all over the place. <laughs> and that's our favorite part is interacting with the fans. Yeah. So what, that's what our is favorite part? What is it like? Because, I mean, same thing with Nash. What we see, especially during normal times, is one time you'll have energy team members in like 112 and all of a sudden 304. It's like what I know. What is that process like during a game? So um, regular world without COVID we would, you know, do our intro dance, we would do starting lineups and all that stuff. And then we would split off into our schedules for the night. We, we would always have a partner and where you would see us in two different locations was section of the night, you know, you had, they get Chick-fil-A gift cards and bam, bam. So um, we'll do that. And then sometimes we'll do a sweet visit. And those are always super cool because it's always so somebody like so deserving of a visit. Um, and then Nash will come with us, but they're mostly so excited to see Nash and we're just taking pictures. <laughs> but we just like love to see everyone's faces like when Nash comes along, like who doesn't get excited right. when Nash comes along. And then um, military salute will happen during the second period, third period. It just, it just all depends on what game it is and what's going on in that game and you know what promotions we're supposed to be doing sponsorships and stuff so a lot of multitasking it's a lot like people underestimate us but we are running through that arena you know we have to get to point a to point b in a certain amount of time you know we do things during tv timeouts and we have to be there um or else you know we miss it they need us there so it's like sometimes it's stressful some games like we don't even get to see the game going on because we're we're moving around so much right no and so i someone that has a watchful eye can understand that and see it. But I think sometimes it gets kind of pushed in the back. It's like, Oh, they're there. That's cool. Wait, how did they get there? So fast (laughs) (laughs) runs through someone's mind. So it's it's Mm -hmm. cool to see that. And now in terms of on the, on the music industry side too, I mean, you've had a lot of different experience as well. It's obviously been different because it's not going on right now, but though Mm -hmm. you have still, you still are connected, obviously well connected and know people just in the music industry. 
how difficult has it been for those folks during this time? And we know the answer, but how difficult has Mm -hmm. it been? And how have you seen some people being able to evolve and do some other things to just keep careers alive and to keep doing some things? Yeah, it's been hard. It's definitely been hard for industry people. I mean, as long as everyone else in the world right now, um, they're just, you know, just trying to get by and they're kind of finding like different talents to do right now to kind of make money. But it's always reassuring when I text them and ask like, Hey, like what's going on in your life? Like with your people and it's, it's the same thing, but to find comfort in them in knowing that like, I'm not the only one going through something right now. And, you know, we're all excited when somebody has one show, that's just another door opening for another show for somebody else. And, and stuff like that and that the Ryman's doing shows. So that gives me a lot of hope that maybe I'll get my job back. Not, not only there, but out on the road too. For sure. I mean, here's, here's hoping in the near future. I mean, the same thing with me and the Nashville symphony, we're doing everything we possibly can to, to get everything back open and we are making progress. We have a deal with HCA, uh, mm-hmm. us and TPAC as well. Cause performing arts is something obviously very important to Nashville too. And the Scrimmore being down, directly downtown, a block away from Bridgestone Arena. One, mm-hmm. I love it because I'm able to walk from one job to the next job. I mean, that's yeah. extremely convenient for a morning skate uh-huh. or for the game and everything too. It's really, really convenient. But two, it's you're in the heart of Nashville and it just shows too that Nashville's music city, but it's not one type of music. It is all types of music. Mm-hmm. And that's what it makes really Nashville is. so special is that you have yeah, we talk about country music and people love country music and it's probably the big cash moneymaker in Nashville, mm-hmm. but we have all different kinds of recording artists recording in Nashville. For for it's instance, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for instance, a lot of symphony musicians, because there's so many great studios in the city of Nashville, they're recording for video game music or for oh, really? movies. Yeah. So wow. a lot of our musicians record for video games here in Nashville. They record for like the Disney Channel <laughs> or for movies. <laughs> They're, they're recording here in Nashville. It's like they come here. People come here to record in Nashville. Mm-hmm. So that's what shows the uniqueness of this city when it comes to the recording industry, that it's not just country music. It is everything. No, not at all. Um, and we're I love so it. We're so diverse. Like, we really, insane. really are. We and there's really something are. for everybody to do when they visit. There is. Just kind of fine. I mean, I have plenty of friends that love Third Man Records. Uh, but what's really cool about them is they produce some older albums that haven't been in print in a while and my buddy Cameron Gumpy sent me a couple that were gospel albums oh. I mean from like the 1940s I believe 1940s and wow. 50s and they were just beautiful I mean whether you like he's like I don't even really like gospel music that much but these are beautiful and he's like mm-hmm. I just had to send them to you and that's what was awesome like these are recorded in Nashville a long long time ago and they just got reproduced and, and so that's what's really cool uh, about that and I mean shoot just in intermissions in the past month of February, Sam McCrary in the mix, bringing it down killing in the it. house. They're killing it. Oh my gosh. They are killing it. <laughs> they're one of my favorites for sure. I always like to see are. them are um, small town rock stars. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And just, just killing it. And especially cause we, we see small town rock stars and maybe we get desensitized to, yeah. to Steve and them because we're they're so serious, used to them. They're family. And they're awesome. Yeah, they're awesome because I see him and Reagan mm-hmm. and, 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 and Wrigley in the elevator. And Wrigley's out writing music now, which is just completely awesome to see her creating actual actual music. Steve posted a video about that. Um, so I think we get desensitized to them. So Sam McCray and the mix comes in and they're taking requests and like friend, their friend requested me on Facebook because I I'm know. like, I'm in the press box and I'm jamming. They're, this is awesome. They're great. <laughs> and then um, a couple games ago when, when they played the 
the game again they came off the stage and was like dancing with us and stuff we're like yeah. that's fun but six feet six feet six feet six feet <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to get in trouble <laughs> oh my god well uh, before we have to go what i wanted to do too as we're getting people to get to know us and sharing a little bit about things are service stories being in venue management and oh being goodness. in customer service and everything because for me with the national symphony i handle social media the symphony and Skirmhorn symphony center as well as website things like that as well as a lot of the online advertising so i i see things i mean i'm not i'm not the box office the box office staff probably has plenty of other stories that they oh, can yeah. tell uh, which mm-hmm. i'm sure you have experienced just as well in in your history but i see things online to get some different comments so i want to throw it to you first lucy do you have a story that you're able to share without getting I'm in able trouble to share <laughs> that i know plenty of people could probably relate to um, so I can't really think of one from when I was a tour guide at the Ryman, but box office. Oh my gosh. I, I, this, I still, I still don't understand. So the Ryman is a ticket master venue. So everything else is a third party, like StubHub, box office seats, all this stuff. So this lady came up to the window and I forgot who the artist was for that night. And she came up. So when you buy off a third, third party, um, you don't get your tickets to like 24 hours before. So then that's less room for them to, you know, to sell them. So she came up and she was like, I don't have my tickets. And I was like, well, what's your name? You know, I got all her info. And this was my first week in the box office. Oh no! So I'm still learning. And she gives me her name and I'm like, well, you're not in our system. She's like, well, I should be. I'm like, you're not. And I'm like, where did you get your tickets from? And it was um, like box office seats or something. I was like, that's not us. She's like, yes, it is you. I said, that's not us. She said, well, I Googled it and put the artist's name next to it. And that's what came up. And I was like, well, the first couple ones that come up are ads. That's not us. Um, So all after all this, I'm like going around in circles with her about five times and answering all her questions. And I'm just left there like, I don't, I don't know what else you're asking of me. Like, so do you have your tickets or she's saying that they were going to come like 12 hours prior. Um, well, she was confused and I tried to explain to her after like 15 minutes. And I just told her like, that's why it's important to buy from the box office ticket master, not a third party venue, um, third party. Okay. So you bring up a really interesting point because we had a similar situation happen with the national symphony box office. This isn't even my story. It's just really relevant right now because we, I think it was, news channel five i believe put out a story about third-party ticket sites because there was a customer a patron who had tickets to cool in the gang that was going to be at the national symphony and this was obviously a long time ago when they were scheduled Mm -hmm. during the pandemic and was wondering why he never got a refund like sir we don't we don't see you in here and it ended up that he bought from a website that charged him three times the amount for the tickets and said that they do not do refunds for postponements. And typically we don't as well, but obviously we're working with people during the pandemic with, with things like that. But this is one of those things where it pops up at the ads right mm-hmm. at the very top. And they buy keywords. They spend a lot of money to appear higher than the actual venue yeah. all the time. That's why it's important folks to remember where you're buying your tickets from. It's most important to buy them directly from the venue, or if you know they're a ticket master partner to buy them from there one, because then you know your tickets real two then mm-hmm. you're not getting gouged i mean that's yeah. <laughs> those are the two important factors are there to know that it's real because there's been there's plenty of third-party sites and i'm sure you've experienced this too lucy that 
people they'll sell double tickets same seat oh, yeah. everything and people are like well I have the ticket well that's not a real ticket or sorry it's he's already no. taken and I don't know how it works for you guys but let's say that I was a bad person and decided to sell those tickets three times right whoever walks in the door first yep that's what they get yeah that, that's who's gonna have the seat that day so we've had so many oh man it's frustrating problems with that and it's and it's sad sometimes too because big shows I think this one family was from like Seattle and flew all the way oh, out no. here for this big show and they couldn't get in and there's nothing we can do. Right. Especially if it's sold out, there's absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. So my, my story is definitely making fun of a social media post. So we, we typically have had this event called free day of music mm-hmm. and the word music is in the description of the actual event. <laughs> I say that to preface what's going to happen in the story. <laughs> so a free day of music. Oh yeah. Free day of music. We basically open up all of Skirmhorn Symphony Center plus the, the grounds and we have multiple stages and basically it's free music all day. So we have different bands, organizations, clubs, different things playing different types of music from all different cultures, whether it's on one symphony place, which is that road that a lot of Preds fans walk on to get to the mm-hmm. bridge right in front of the yeah. horn. And then we'll have our courtyard. We have a stage. We have a stage of the main hall. And then we'll have a stage in what's called the curb education center room, which is a, just a big dining area basically, but it's carpeted and it's perfect for, for smaller events. So four different stages with all different types of music going on all day, which is really cool from the, the symphony plays, the, the chorus sings, youth orchestras play, but also some great bands are playing too from around the area. Even our CEO, Alan Valentine is a, percussionist in a band which is is really cool um so then we'll have like we've had like a dulcimer thing we've had so many different types of unique instruments being featured as well which is just really cool and we have an advertisement out for this and (laughs) someone comments that we should do more plays (laughs) so i i it's it's people that know me and know that I'm running the accounts can usually Mm -hmm. read between the lines when I comment things but to those out in the public the general public they don't know the sass (laughs) is really being there and so just reply back ma'am thank thank you for the suggestion we are the Skirmahorn Symphony Center National Symphony our primary focus is on performing concerts with with music Uh, Mm -hmm. every once in a while we may have a musical come through in partnership with another organization but we typically don't do plays here and the person got feisty back (laughs) oh no that's never good and it was like you should do more plays it's too expensive like ma'am free day of music is actually free you, the only thing you have to do is get down and like it just kept going on to where even some friends because I think I screenshot it and put it on Twitter and then I had plenty oh. of friends I'm like oh no why did I do that I drew attention to us I had plenty of friends going through and started trolling the person but the person got belligerent because they weren't offering free plays for their grandchildren like we are a symphony number one two it's free so I mean if you have trouble getting downtown I totally understand that mm-hmm. but there's no charge <laughs> for yeah. the event what do you think what so, can you be complaining about right so th- and that's just like the tip of the iceberg folks there's gonna be so many more stories that i'm gonna have oh, to yeah. share that i can share there's gonna be some that i probably don't need to be saying publicly yeah but same that, that we all I, know <laughs> that can be related to because uh, i mean yes. i've also worked at the ups store when i was in college and boy oh boy do i have plenty of stories for that that i can share later uh, as well. stories all around i i have a better one actually real quick okay hit me with so, it so it was um Christmas time, Brett Aldridge was going to have his Christmas show. So Brett Aldridge 
Christmas show, Fred Aldridge's Christmas show, what do you think he's going to play? Christmas, Christmas music? music. Yes, right? So then we're about to close the box office for the museum, and then the box office will open up an hour later for the show. And this lady comes up, comes up like, my curtain's down, or was going to be down. She, like, knocks on the window, and we're like, oh, gosh, like, the, we're closed. And then she goes, excuse me, like, so is the Christmas show here tonight? We're like, yes. So, okay, so Brett's going to be singing. We're like, well, it is his show. Is he going to be singing any of his other stuff? Like, what other stuff? Like, not Christmas music. Oh, I have no idea, ma'am. Well, don't you work here? <laughs> You're right, I do, but it's his Christmas show. So he's not going to be singing anything else? I have no idea. And she says, you're working here and you're promoting the show. I said, well, I don't, they don't bring us their set list. Like, I'm so sorry. And then, you know, I'm trying not to be sassy, but my coworkers just know at some point, you know, Get a break. there's only so much you can do. <laughs> right. And then she's like, well, maybe you should know that. And I told her, I was like, ma'am, at this point, I don't even know if like Brett Aldridge knows what he's going to be singing. I was like, it's a live show. Anything can happen. And then she just kind of walked away. Oh I was like, God. well, I mean, I don't know if she ever made it to the show, but if she did, I hope Brett sang one song that wasn't a Christmas song for her. (laughs) Yes, we have the set list right here. Here's a printout for it because this is what every artist wants us to do. Yeah, let everyone know. I'm like, it's a live show. And when when people would ask me like, what time would the show be done? And it's like a big show at the Ryman. I don't know what time it's going to be done. They could could do four encores. Oh my goodness. They're like- ballpark estimation i'm like i have no idea it's it's oh, a live show we get the same stuff it got to the point to where when we're listing concerts the scrum horn because i mean what most folks know the crowd we're attracting are artists that are they're probably really popular like in the 70s and 80s and sometimes 90s mm-hmm. i mean that's just because oh, a smaller venue i mean we see 1800 yeah, yeah. max um a lot of times it's with symphony sometimes without symphony we have plenty of country artists that come through as well i mean so it's been really cool with some of these christmas ones um I mean, yeah, it's, it's been cool. But what we do when we're listening is like, this artist is known for these songs. List, 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 and more. We don't say, we'll play these songs anymore because yeah. it burned us a few times because we're thinking, oh, of course we're going to play this. We'll just do this. Because we and don't get a didn't. set list. And they didn't. I mean, it's happened a couple of times. And it's really funny. Like, Boys to Men has come through multiple times with the orchestra, without the orchestra, at a Sand Amphitheater with us and everything. And we, we always say Motown Philly's back. They haven't played Motown Philly once. Like their only oh. song, it's all, like pretty much all ballads with Boys to Men. It's like, but that's mm-hmm. my favorite Boys to Men song is Motown Philly, and they don't play it anymore. You just uh, never know. You just you never, never know. know. You never know. And we're not going to set. Like, go to setlist.fm if you need a setlist, people. That'll give you the best idea for something. But <laughs> the, these shows that are personal at the Ryman and the Skirmhorn, because those are intimate venues compared to like sure big are. arena shows. They're intimate venues. Artists are going to change it up because they have a they have a feeling they're going to do something different that'll sound way better in these venues than anywhere else as well. And even the energy of the crowd could change their set list. Oh yeah, you just All never know. All the time. I mean, the intimacy of these venues is what's awesome because the they know they can go acoustic in these venues and it's going to sound mm-hmm. perfect where they can't do that everywhere. So it's I know we're airing the frustration that's feeling like festivus. <laughs> We have, we have so much more to cover on this podcast, and our, our goal is to do a couple episodes a month just to give you a behind-the-scenes look 
at Nashville, the music scene, the Nashville Predators, the energy team, Nashville Symphony and Scrimhorn Symphony Center, just to give you an idea of what's going on in the music industry and the sports industry here in Nashville. So Lucy, so mm-hmm. glad you're a part of this and can't wait to talk Thank more. you. And I'm so excited. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Absolutely. Well, folks, make sure you like and subscribe and give us a follow wherever you need to give us a follow. Lucy, what's your, your Preds Instagram again? It's Preds Energy underscore Lucy. <laughs> I think I don't use it that often. I need to get better with it. I need to get better with it. Well, I there. think it's Preds Energy underscore Lucy Murray. There. I just put the pressure on you. You have to do it more then. <laughs> yeah, I know. I need to. I need to. <laughs> Well, make sure you give her a follow on there for some more behind the scenes information on the energy team. And I'm at Justin B. Bradford pretty much everywhere. I'm at Justin B. Bradford. I branded myself. Keeping it simple. Yeah, keeping it simple. Well, folks, thanks for tuning in so much. We'll talk to you next time.